Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Listening to Strange Familiars, True Stories of the Paranormal, Cryptids, Hauntings, The Occult, Mythology, UFOs, Folklore, Weird and Forgotten History. Please make sure to like and subscribe to Strange Familiars on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you are listening. Please share the Strange Familiars page and episodes on Facebook and other social media. If you have experienced something strange, or if you know a story you would like us to cover, email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars and of course, strangefamiliars.com.
welcome to Strange Familiars, and welcome back, James. Oh, that's you back. Been a little while, but uh, James is a traveling man. He's up and down uh, <laughs> from uh, Pennsylvania to Canada and back. Yeah, yeah, quite quite a bit, quite a bit. There's a lot of uh, beautiful stuff to see through upstate PA and uh, upstate New York. And well into Canada as well. And you saw something pretty crazy, but we're going to get to that later in the episode. So uh, yeah, let's yeah, leave everybody yeah. hanging. First, we're going to talk to uh, <laughs> Christopher. I talked to him about Swedish folklore and, and a really interesting encounter he had with something, and I hope I pronounce it correctly. I believe it's called a skulksra or a woodwife in Sweden. Very, very interesting account we have with Christopher. Yeah, for sure. But we will come back and we'll hear James, which may or may not relate to it. It's really interesting. I find the correlation to be somewhat interesting, so I feel like it fits for sure. Yeah, especially since yeah. at the time you told me this, you hadn't heard anything about Christopher's no. account. And I, no. I'm literally editing the episode together, and you call me up and you're like, I, I, I saw the weirdest <laughs> thing. And you're telling me about it. I'm like, whoa, that really fits well with this episode. So that was, that was really cool. So we'll come back and we'll hear James account of what he saw very recently so it's very fresh in his head so that'll be cool first we're going to talk to christopher i think everybody thought i might have murdered you and buried you in the basement james <laughs> <laughs> well i've 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 emerged from my uh, i've emerged from my uh, my, t- my my basement like tomb <laughs> james is undead <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh lots of nice positive things happening on my end and uh yeah, it's a lot of life changes and stuff over the last few months, but all of it's been for 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 the for the positive. Good. And um, so it's been really really great. But it's uh, it's been, uh I've had to put my time into a lot of rearranging schedules and figuring out what things look like now, establishing a new normal, if you will. Sure, exactly. Yeah, and right, right about the time your schedule changed, uh, you know, my schedule changed. The kids got off of school and things just got jumbled up. So it's it's just been hard for us to link up. Happy to have you back, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, there's definitely things to catch up on. <laughs> and uh, if uh, that second patron show should be coming maybe next week. James and I went out to Site 7 again, and without giving yeah. too much away, it was, a, it was a pretty interesting night. It was a really, really interesting night. Even when, I, even when we thought, like, you know, the night was sort of over or something, something pretty, pretty crazy had happened, uh, which I'm excited about. I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something uh, presumably 100% natural, but still very rare and, and very, very interesting. I kind of teased it a little bit on the in the Facebook group, and everybody was guessing, like, oh, you, you saw a chupacabra. I was like, no, no. You, 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 was it this? Was it, you know, was it a goat? It man? wasn't a... I think it does count as a roadside crossing. It does, <laughs> yes, know? it does. But it's yeah. it's a very rare. But I t- I told him I said no, no. It's it's a completely natural animal, but just happens to be very rare. And uh, we'll we'll tell everybody about it. So check that out. I think that's going to be called Return to Site Seven, and that'll be a the, the next patron episode. Like I said, I think it's coming next week if I get it edited. Pretty exciting stuff. And we'll have more coming up. We have a lot planned. We've got some. Overnight uh, stuff planted at a couple haunted places around here that John has set up for us, so we'll do that with John. Okay, so without further ado, let's talk to Christopher about his encounter and some Swedish folklore, and we will be back to talk to James after that.
like you know what Vitra is? No. Vitra is like it's like an invisible people that lives underground, but also like in a parallel world. Kind of like if you think like Stranger Things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you go southern, the Vitra people is completely different from like the northern part of Sweden. So everything changes throughout. So it's it's a very broad spe- spectrum. Let's just start, I guess. Let's start with your experience then. And uh, yeah. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I'll let you pronounce it. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Of course. I, I will I will learn the pr- correct pronunciation from you. I guess we'll uh we'll start with that. And you said this was when you were 8 years old. Yeah, when I was 8 years old at a summer camp that 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 my grandma owned. So, yeah. All right, so I'll just do a, a brief introduction and we'll get right into it. Sure. So we're talking with Christopher from Sweden, and he's going to tell us a lot about Swedish folklore and about one particular experience that he had when he was young. So w- what part of Sweden are you in? I'm from the northern part uh, in a city called Umeå, by the east coast of, of, of Sweden. Now, while there, there are cities in Sweden, there's a lot of still natural land, too, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like like forests. A lot of forest, right? If you drive, like, my my city is about 100,000 people. The next city, like, the same size, you have to drive for, like, at least an hour. And it's just forest in between. And most of the country's that way, right? Yeah, pretty much. The folklore in Sweden... It survived pretty well, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, uh, Christianity came there a little later than the rest of Europe. Yeah, exactly. And and some of the things, like, when Christianity came, a lot of the traditions still survived. Because, like, in Sweden we celebrate Christmas, Christmas uh, at the 24th of December instead of the 25th, just because the 24th was... A day we were celebrating already, so it wasn't like it was like, oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't make them change the day, just just stick to the twenty fourth, and stuff like that. Yeah. So 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 yeah. The folklore of these beings and these these other peoples, uh, elves and uh, trolls and so forth. Ha- there's a really rich history there that's that's kind of stuck, survived. Oh yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like uh, when I was a kid, my granddad's mother like my great grandmother she used to she used to talk about like gnomes and stuff uh from when like when she was a kid and like uh, yeah we we were play we shouldn't play in the in the barnyard because we will upset the gnomes and if we upset the gnomes we we won't get a good harvest and stuff like that so we, it, it's not that like long ago to me, that's wonderful. I I think folklore is such an important part of really the human experience and, and the way we relate to the earth around us that I think it's just so awesome when uh, people have these surviving folkloric beliefs that they've inherited like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's like, and, and I wasn't like really into it when I was younger because it's kind of dorky, like that that you you had that attitude but like when i started looking into it more and more 
the experience that happened to me when I was eight, that it started to connect a bit for some reason. And yeah. Well, why don't we talk about that first? We'll go from there into some of these other yeah, of these course. other beings. So, just kind of so, lay out the the landscape and and uh, what you were doing, and and just kind of tell the story. Yeah. Um, so I was I was about eight years old. I think I was the summer I turned eight, or like the summer I turned nine. I was at a camp, like a summer camp for kids that that was owned by my grandma. It was I was going to be there for a week. It's a place called Tavelsjö. It's rich with a lot of like it's it's like the lake the lake has Tavelsjö. It's it's Tavelsjö. Uh, it's a lake. It has its own like Nessie, like the Loch Ness monster, mm-hmm. but the Tavel the Tavelsjö beast kind of. So just that thing was pretty exciting just to go to a place. I'm gonna camp for a week. Uh, at a place where there's a, like a sea monster, so I started hearing like a lot of uh, a lot of things about this Tavusha beast and stuff. It's it's uh, a, a guy who's walked his dog like throwing sticks in the water. He uh, and the dog ran into water, the water, grabbed the stick, ran back, and he threw it again. And after a couple of times, the dog didn't. It just heard a big like splash. And the dog just disappeared. So a lot of like stories like that, and people getting like have to fish with like shark lines when they fish, but they still keep getting like ripped off. And yeah, so anyway, so I, I thought it was pretty cool when I was like eight, nine years old. Then like one night we were gonna camp outside because we were all living in like a big a, a big house. But we had one night when we were like, okay, we're going to go out near the lake, like down the shore uh, and camp out there. And of course, like campfire and stuff, people started telling ghost stories. And then they told a story about the house we were living in that was like, an, it's a known story about that house from like the 1800s. Uh, about like a kid or a couple who tried to get a kid, but they, they didn't. They didn't succeed. So they took in like what's called a trollpacka. It's like uh, a troll, not like a, a troll. It's like a sorceress kind of, like a woman who deals who deals with sorcery and and uh, but also has a connection to trolls. Kind of. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so they took in her to to help, and she. I don't know. I, I, I don't really remember if she. Yeah. She gave them something or or whatever, uh, and then they got a kid, but the kid was like hideous, and <laughs> so. But they so they couldn't. They they did didn't want to show anyone the kid, so they just kept him in a cage in the basement, and he ate like a lot of so much so they have to just keep feeding him keep feeding him and one day he broken out of the of the cage and and just ran into the forest and no one ever saw him again but after a couple of years like farmers cows started to disappear and people said they saw something huge like roaming around the forest and stuff yeah so that's like the basis of that story but they ended it with like 
and a lot of people around here have when they're alone people hear someone from the forest calling your name over and over and and whatever you do do not go into the to the forest because then you'll you will disappear so yeah i was nine years old that that story was it was cool for me <laughs> yeah uh, so, so anyway so everybody started everybody fell asleep and like around i had i had trouble falling asleep i remember and because i looked around i was laying in my like sleeping bag uh, and i looked around and i everyone was sleeping the fire had gone out and then all of a sudden i started hearing someone in the forest calling my name and i just froze and it just kept calling over and over my name and i was like what the f- going on this is so, I, I was i was terrified just your first name uh yeah just my first name mm-hmm. just christopher over and over it's like like a and and not a like because what i would had picture from the story would would have been like because it was a like a troll like creature that would be roaming around i would have pictured like a brute like robust voice <laughs> like an orc calling my name that was how i pictured when they told the story but this was like a soft female voice or like um, a young kid like calling my name instead mm-hmm. uh, anyway so i i just lay there i think and, and it kept calling and i don't know how long but i just laid frozen and just tried to pretend i was asleep like everyone else until i finally fell asleep but the voice kept calling over and over again and the next day i think i told one person and he just left uh so i did i didn't tell anyone about that until a couple couple years later but anyway like the next day when we were going it was like the last day of the camp i was in the in the house we were sleeping and i kind of you know you get the feeling when someone's looking at you sure yeah so i looked around didn't see anyone and i looked out the window and like at the edge of the forest there was this kind of like i don't know if it was female or male but like a young a young person like 12 years old i would think uh that was just standing at the edge of the forest and just looking right at me and the thing about like this camp is in the middle of the forest so there's there's no houses around or anything so it's like and it wasn't a kid from the camp because i would have i would have recognized if if it was a kid from the camps and it was looking at me and then it started waving uh, i didn't wave back i just stood there because some something felt wrong and then it turned and it kind of blended in when it turned it blended into the forest like really weird not like it disappeared just like camouflaged itself into the forest anyway so i never really knew what that was until a couple years couple years later when i was reading up on folklore and stuff we were we we get that in school and so then I read about skogsrå, like a wooden 
like the Lady of the Forest, it's called. And the Lady of the Forest, the thing about her is that she lures people into the woods. Uh, so they get lost. You follow her. You just see her face. And she always goes backwards. So you keep following her. Following her. But, but when she turns around, her back is completely hollow, like a ho- hollowed out tree. And then when she's turned around, the, it, you're in the middle of the forest and you're you're lost. And then you probably die there. So then when I read about that and compared that to the thing I saw there at the edge of the forest, it started to like connect when whatever I saw turned and just blended into the forest. So, yeah. Yeah, it's that's, so creepy. That's what happened. Can you describe, I mean, you said it looked like a you know a young female, but was she wearing clothes or can, can you describe Oh, yeah, she was, she was wearing, it's like 12 years. She had like, uh, a, like a kind of like a nightgown on, uh, but it looked like, long like straight long blonde hair and she looked like a pretty 12 year old girl kind of but the nightgown was the only thing she had on no shoes or whatever she was barefoot and like when she turned from what I think is what I saw because she blend like blended into the forest it's like the back was completely hollowed up. Yeah, like a hollowed up tree. Yeah, that's an interesting way. I could see people describing an entity that way. That, you know, if it would turn around and blend in like that, like sort of it, it, yeah, sort, exactly. it sort of becomes a tree. That's, that's really interesting. The other things, calling the names from the forest, that is, see, it's, it's so interesting to me how much we've lost the connections with, with old folklore. We get that here and people will immediately say, you know, either ghosts or, or Bigfoot. And also the, yeah. the idea of following something into the forest and, and being lost forever. That's, that occurs with, with, well, with several creatures here with, with uh, Sasquatch and with what they call little people or, or the, the little hairy dwarves we have accounts of here as well. And it's so similar that yeah. to, to me, that's the most fascinating thing. How often we get these connections with folklore from all over the world and the the idea that people try to separate it into different things when when uh, and and they may in fact be different, but they're certainly acting the same. It's it's incredibly fascinating. The or the wooden lady. I read up a lot of about uh, about her, and and so then I started seeing like there's like the lady of the lake as well, like a shero, like a lake. Yeah, Lady of the Lake and Lady of the Woods. And then you have, like, Lady of the Mountain as well, who lives in the mountain. And it's the same thing there. They keep luring people. Just like the Lady of the Lake lures, like, sailors and stuff, just like mermaids. So it's, like, the same connection there. Right, yeah. And So it's pretty cool. Just to step back, the woman the the uh, sorceress that helped the old couple oh yeah what was the name for her again oh troll troll pucka now like troll i don't know what pucka like uh, 
old an old troll bag lady kind of so it and i i know this differs by region but the way i understand it troll at, at least used to be like we think of when when you say the word troll here anyone in the us is going to think of like uh tolkien uh you know big big monstrous you know creatures oh yeah 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 but it it was sort of more of a catch-all term the way i understand it uh, again correct me if i'm wrong oh. it, it, yeah, it the thing it's like it's divided up like there's like there's different like troll species like or races of trolls so you have like the forest trolls or and you have small trolls and then you have like the the mountain trolls some of the like some say like some mountain trolls are an entire mountain like that you shouldn't go up on that mountain because that mountain is a troll but then you have like trolls that lives in caves in the middle of the forest and I think you have like every every kind of troll except like lake trolls. I never heard of that, but right. I guess it's a, it's more of a general term describing supernatural or or these these other entities. Oh, oh yeah, kind of like it's this thing about trolls is like the basic thing about trolls is like they live in the forest and they lure kids into the forest or they go into like the village of village and they snatch babies and replace them with troll kids. Mm, that's uh, yeah, that's the changeling. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, do you know any lore how to tell a changeling? Was there was there certain ways uh, uh touching them with iron or or anything like that? Oh yeah, the, the iron stuff and of course when Christianity came people started taking that like holy water works and and stuff like that. And if they have a tail, it's a troll, <laughs> like stuff like that. But that's kind of obvious, I guess. Right. Again, just just the the universality of of this folklore is is stunning to me. Are there big hairy creatures that that live in the woods? I guess those would be just typical trolls. Around yeah, around around here. I yeah, guess, yeah. I guess we got though we got a lot of like lately. It's been a a lot of like goat man reports. If you yeah you know about sure. like the goat man yeah yeah, yeah yeah so there's a lot of like people telling telling stories about meeting what they think is the goat man in in the in the forest in more in like modern reports you mean oh yeah like last year and stuff like that oh that's awesome so yeah yeah I, I read a lot about a lot of stories about like people be, being followed by goat man and people getting like they start like or someone who's trying to impersonate uh, a person speaking but just keep repeating what someone else have already said and try to reuse the words and stuff stuff like that so let's talk about house gnomes oh house gnomes those are the the best because <laughs> my great grandma she told me when she was a kid they, they couldn't play a lot in, in the barn because if they played too much in the barn, they would upset the house gnomes. Uh, and if the house gnome were upset, they would, yeah, do a lot of a lot of bad things. Because if the house gnomes were ha- is happy, then you have a happy home. But if the house gnomes are angry, then they'll destroy a lot of like the harvest won't work, and, and the cows will get sick and stuff like that. 
Would they do um, mischief in the home too, like poltergeist kind of stuff? Oh yeah, of course. Like move move things. Like because they're tiny, they can like run around, and they're fast too. They're super fast, and they just run around, move things, uh, and just yeah, like like poltergeist, just do annoying annoying stuff, kind of. Was it common in her time to leave offerings or food? Oh yeah, we still kind of do that. Oh really? Oh yeah, it's become like a tradition. You leave like um, like uh, rice pudding or rice porridge. It used to be you left it out for the the house gnomes, but when like Santa Claus came, he kind of took over the role. So now we leave, we put out like rice pudding for uh, for Santa Claus the day before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we, we here it's cookies, but... Yeah, idea. yeah, milk and cookies. Same idea. That, well, yeah, it probably does just evolve right from the, the same, the idea of leaving the offerings for the, uh, for the house spirits. Yeah, it comes from the gnomes. And when she grew up, she, they did actually put out stuff for, for gnomes and not Santa Claus. All right, let me see. I'm looking at your list here. Oh, yes, the nude man who lures people or lures children to the river. Oh, yeah. Uh, Necken, he's called. Uh, that's a fascinating <laughs> dude. Uh, the story is, it's like, there's a guy called Necken, and the, or an entity, that plays uh, the violin. And he always sits at the creek or the river, and plays, and if you hear his mel- melody, you will, you can't stop listening to it. You must keep listening to the to the melody. And if you're if you're caught in a melody, he will keep, he will play and slowly back down the river. And as he's and you keep following, and then eventually you go down the river and you drown. The <laughs> kind of an evil evil guy, and he, he also can be transformed into a white horse that's if you see the white horse it's too beautiful not to try to uh, try to ride the horse but if you get up on the horse and and you sit on its back he will ride down uh, to the lake or like the river and he will drown you because you can't get off the back of the horse but we we got more like Invisible people and like the Vitra, uh, that's like an an invisible people who lives like in a parallel universe. It's underground, but it's kind of still the same. It's like a mirror world, kind of. So, like if you go to Iceland uh, uh, and you drive like a straight uh, down a straight road. They will sometimes just put like a huge turn around nothing. It's like for some reason it's just you have to go around something that isn't there. Like it, like it's like oh, it used to be a huge house here, but now it's gone. But it's that's not it because then it's the reason why is because it says like this is a vitterstråk. It's called. It's like a a, a road. For the vitra, where when they put out the cows to like eat or stuff, then then that place is their place because if you disturb that place, bad things will happen. 
Yeah, the, so, we we talked with uh, we I had a guest on Jerry who talked a little bit about that. Well, besides that, they they build actual houses for elves, but there was a mound. There was an airport. I think they were trying to build during World War II, and they the the, the American military was very frustrated because they wouldn't build around this one mound or something and, until they gave the the elves a chance to move which uh oh. they delayed building this airport for you know several weeks because uh i think someone said they had a dream or a vision and the elves said please give us a chance to move before you destroy this one hill they held up the the construction of this airport for you know a certain amount of time which i always love that story but uh, yeah that's I, awesome i just this just popped in my head there's a place called like Skarvedjet in Sweden where a lot of like there's a lot of uh, vehicle accidents and stuff that's happened on that outside that that the uh, Skarvedjet is a kind of a hill or a mountain or stuff but they build a road there and people started sending in letters to the ones who who were going to build the road just saying but you can't build the road here because like one lady said that the trolls will be really mad if you do this. And a lot of people said that uh, that's a Vitra road, a road for the Vitra. Um, and after even they still went, went ahead and built the road and a lot of like accidents happen on the, this road and people get sick from, for no reason and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a road outside um, it's like one of our interstate roads, yeah, um, called Skarvedjet, and just like people, like cars, right outside the place, they get like car troubles, a lot of car troubles, and like or flat tires for no reason and stuff like that. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Interestingly... Now again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a book that's called Trolldom, that sort of covers. Oh yeah. This. And and uh, again, it's the use of you know this 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 uh, the word troll, where people think. Oh yeah, troll. Yeah, because like uh, a magician uh, in Swedish likes, say like Chris Angel, 
yeah, you, you'd say he's a magician or something of like that. But in in uh, translate that to Swedish, he's a, a trollkar or a troll man. So the troll is kind of the magic part, but like it's it's a word that can be used for like doing magic, but it's also a word that is like the trolls, like you think of in like. Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. That you like the huge monster. That's also troll. So it's sure. It's kind of a double meaning. So trolldom or trolldom is like that's pretty much just yeah. It's it's magic. Yeah, the, the, and the book the, it's very very similar to uh, folk magic book, the long lost friend we have here. I mean, some of the the uh, the, the charms are exactly the same, but. Oh. Uh, you know, it's it's just uh, it's very interesting the way folklore spreads. Do you make a distinction between giants and trolls? Oh yeah, there's yeah, there is like giant. I don't know like the the specific difference between like the giant is is like a a giant person, like a huge person. A troll is more like another kind of a creature. It's like they have uh, because trolls have like, tails huge noses and often hairy but giants are more yeah like a, a person but but a giant in giant form i think that like trolls they're more common than giants i know that the giants i've heard of is often in like the uh, they live up in, in the mountains Perisiette, it's called so it's like but but in some in for some people people uh, they say like no it, it's from in different areas it's like one town will say it's a giant that lives there and the, and a, a town or a village a bit north of that town will say no it's a it's a troll that it's it's a mountain troll so it's but it, it's I think most commonly it's trolls and in some parts they're giants overall. I would say trolls. Do you know any uh, graveyard lore? That's more like ghost stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. I know there's a a grave. I don't know if the, if if it was like a killer or something, a murderer who was that no one liked, who was buried there, like in the mid 1800s. For some reason, it keeps getting fresh flowers, and no one knows why, but. It's just like the, you can be there, and it's like there's there's no flower. You you put the you take the flower if there's fresh flower fresh flowers at the grave. You take the flowers, and then you just walk a hundred yards, turn around. There will be new flowers on the grave. And stuff oh, like that. That's creepy. Though. Yeah, I have a friend who's from. That because that's uh, I think in uh, in Småland in the southern part of Sweden, uh, and she's from there. And she's that that she's she's seen the she she went there, and when they came, there were no fresh flowers, and they're like, oh, what a disappointment. And and then they just uh, they walked around the graveyard, and when on their way back, there were fresh flowers at the grave. So that. Then they were really creeped out. Yeah, that's that's a creepy one. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to cover? 
I have a tiny ghost story as well <laughs> that happened. Not not huge, but a, a minor one. Well, I mean, can you want to tell that now? I'd love to hear. Oh it. yeah, I can say yeah. So yeah, because this was like when I was about fifteen years old. Me and my friend, who's also his name is also Christopher. For some reason, like I'm from a small w- village in Holmson, and everyone who's born the same year I was born uh, was named Christopher for some reason. <laughs> like there's like 15 Christophers at, at one school, and it's like a school of 400. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So me and him, we were so into like ghost stories we were like reading about haunted places around where we lived and stuff and a girl who was in the same year as us but in another class she's like oh my my house is haunted and we're like oh that's cool we have to go there and she she told us because it's never been haunted until they started renovating and they took down a wall and they saw that inside the wall it was like paintings of like dead flowers and they was like this is weird why would you stuff like dead flower paintings inside a wall but anyway they took down the wall and they just I think they gave the paintings to second hand or something uh, but after that stuff started to happening and like like poltergeist activities things moved around and uh, cupboards started banging and stuff like that. My friend told me she woke up one night and uh, the the door to her closet opened and out came like three girls uh, that was like six years old, like dancing. And they just danced around in her room and she freaked out. I was like, okay. Because I believe in stuff like this, but I want to, I want to experience this before I can fully believe. So we started hanging out in her in her house and stuff like that, and we were like I think or like from five or eight kids or teenagers just hanging out like every day, every weekend and stuff like that. And often, more than often, we would scare each other like someone thought they heard something and got frightened then everyone gets frightened like sure yeah mass uh, but anyway then there was like one night i had been sitting on on the upper upper floor of the house I, they had the computer uh, up there it was like the time you had a stationary computer no wi-fi and stuff and i forgot something i don't remember what but i forgot something at the computer and and everyone was downstairs and I was like okay I have to go upstairs and it's dark for some reason I was like uh, I was so scared and I thought that if I bring a pair of scissors um, then I might be I might be fine <laughs> so I started walking up the stairs and of course everyone was following me because they were they were scared as well and they wanted to see what what would happen when I got up anyway so when I got like so, I was eye level with the with the floor on the on the top floor. I just saw a pair of feet, and I got so scared because there was no one was supposed to be up on the second floor. 
So I ran down and I just threw the scissor away and we ran outside. And everyone was like, what did you see? What did you see? What happened? And then I was like, oh, I'm so stupid because then then my mind started to like connect and I understood what I, I what I've seen and what I've seen was like my friend's dad's shoes <laughs> he had that standing up, up the <laughs> when you come up and then every everyone laughed and told me I was stupid and every and then we went back inside and that's when I got scared for real because when I came down the stairs, when I was running, I threw the scissors to my left down the, there's a small hallway and at the end of the hallway, there's the laundry room and I threw my, or the scissors down the hallway to my left into the, to the laundry room. Then I turned right. So I came in the kitchen and you go uh, through the kitchen, then outside to the porch. And that's, uh, so, but anyway, when we went back in, uh, we opened the door, went towards the kitchen, and then in the middle of the kitchen, there's a chair standing in the middle of the kitchen, and the sister was laying in, on the on the chair. Oh, I have no explanation for that, <laughs> and I'm. It still gives me chills. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's <laughs> an odd question, but it just occurred to me. Did you ever retrieve whatever it was that you left by the computer? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, not the same night. Though. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, that's what I figured. I would have given that a, a a little while, probably myself. Yeah, I think it was like I I've downloaded songs and I put them on a burnt them to a CD. I, I think it was that the thing I forgot. Though. Yeah, that story and whatever was calling my name when I was a kid. That's the top scariest things that happened to me. Did anybody else any ever report? any more stories of anything at that camp that you know of because my grandma owned the camp i was there every summer and there was like the fourth year i was there when i was like uh, around i would say yeah 12 i heard one of the camp leaders telling stories about because he's been there a lot that he's been hearing his name but he never saw something. He's, he only said that he he heard his name being called out. I don't know if because he's the camp leader and the the story about the the hideous kid in the basement. That's like the camp leader scary story. It's always the camp leaders who tells that scary story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if 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 it was him like flaming on the the old scary story about the place or if he actually heard, had had been hearing his name from the forest i don't know if i'd uh if i'd want to hear my name called or not it's, it's, it seems like I, I would but then if it happened i might change my mind i've always like well maybe it was like someone trying to play a prank on me but then again like how would they know that it was just me that were awake and like, cause I was just lying there trying to fall asleep in my sleeping bag. And how would they know that I was actually awake? Everyone was sleeping except me because I, I don't know. And so it's super creepy. And, and I was like eight or nine. So I, it's a wonder that I didn't like 
pee the sleeping bag. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Christopher, thanks for talking with us. I would love to have you yeah. back on. So, oh, uh, absolutely. Again, thanks for coming on, and we will talk yeah, to you later. Yeah, Great. Yeah. So, after uh, I edited Christopher's interview, I opened this book of Scandinavian folklore I have. It's called Vassen, and it's by Johan Egerkrans, and I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. And I was looking up the, the Skogsra in the book, and there's something really interesting in it. If you recall the story he told about the couple that lived in the house at his grandmother's camp in the 1800s who couldn't have a child... There's a paragraph in this book, Vassen, in the Goksra section, and it says, Any man who has a relationship with a woodwife will find it hard to free himself, and trying to break away can be dangerous. The sprite can ruin the man with her magical powers, and if he is a huntsman, he would do well to change his job. She can even drive him mad or make him seriously ill, and if worse comes to worse, he will die under mysterious circumstances. If, on the other hand, the man stays with the woodwife, he can live in relative prosperity and be successful in all his ventures. Some have a child with a woodwife, and these children are said to be bigger and stronger and have a larger appetite than other people. Well, yeah, so it's kind of, I looked that up and I thought, I wish I would have read it before uh, the interview so I could have brought that up, but I thought that was really, really interesting. They described that kid that the old couple had as, as being, uh, you know, kind of ugly and big and, and had this, you know, this voracious appetite. And then the children of the the woodwife, oh. if if that's what he saw, are, are uh, supposedly describes similarly, if if not the same. So that that's pretty wild. By the way, that book Vason, fantastically illustrated. You know, I'm an illustrator myself, and and uh, it's just incredible. The, the art in that's really amazing. Very much recommended. want to remind everybody if you want to help strange familiars the best way to do it is to be a patron you can go to patreon.com slash strange familiars three dollars a month get you bonus content i think we're going to have two patron shows up this month we're going to try moving to that model i think in the future i'm not promising it but i think we're going to try to do two patron shows every month from now on so we would do two regular shows for everybody and two patron shows as well don't hold me to that but i think that's the way we're moving and there's all kinds of levels of support there at Patreon if you want to look. Things like books and stickers and pins and so forth. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Without patrons, no strange familiars. That's the only support we get. We don't do advertising at this time. We don't get any kind of funding or anything. So thank you, patrons. Without patrons, no strange familiars. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you can't afford to become a patron, you can always leave us a good rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to Strange Familiars. So James was returning to Pennsylvania from Canada, right? This happened on your return trip? Yeah, this was actually, we're recording on Monday the 20th, I believe. I was returning from Canada on Friday, just past Friday, I was driving back down from Canada, uh, back into uh, South Central. Let's see the underbelly of South Central Pennsylvania. <laughs>
so this was a daytime sighting, completely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, strangely enough, you know, um, most of the time the way that I do this is I'll drive up to Canada during the daytime. So I'm getting to Canada in an earlier part, an earlier time of the day, and squeezing an extra day of visitation out, right? So I usually go up early on uh, my arrival day, and then usually on my way back, I usually drive at night, right, under the cover of darkness, right? Less people on the road, et cetera. So this time I did it differently, and I actually was coming back. So I went up in the morning, and I also was coming back down into Pennsylvania um, in the morning as well on Friday. So it was the first time that I was making the trip back during the daytime. So it was, a, it was really interesting because it was like seeing everything in the daytime that I don't normally get to see so thoroughly when I'm when I'm generally coming back because of it being nighttime, right? Right. I've taken the trip back and forth quite a bit over the last six or seven months, and uh, I gotta tell you, you know, every time I'm, every time I'm driving up through there, as soon as you get into like upstate PA and uh, you start getting into the mountains and and uh, you know heading into like rural New York, just like a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of the listeners probably uh, taking a trip like that through those rural parts, you know, kind of uh, if you have interest in this sort of thing, it definitely. Uh, Sends your imagination, you know, uh, running a little bit, and you start wondering if you're going to see anything. Like, am I going to see a road? Am I going to have a roadside crossing this time? You know what I mean? Like, you're wondering about 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 that kind of stuff, and you're like ultra vigilant, looking around, trying to be observant uh, of the environment. But at nighttime, it's a uh, you know, you can't really see so much. So anyway, I had never actually had any experiences driving up or driving back prior to Friday, uh, Friday morning, right? So. I'm cruising down through, and I would imagine it was probably between 11 and 12, uh, 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. Friday that I was just coming into Mansfield, Pennsylvania. So uh, coming through, there's still still a lot of mountainous areas, a lot of beautiful nature and stuff. And um, before you get to the Little League Hall of Fame, right, <laughs> which is also in Mansfield, you know, up further. So I'm uh, I'm on the hi- I'm on the highway that kind of cuts through this beautiful area. And I'm heading towards the Little League Hall of Fame, moving my way through uh, through what's left of the the beautiful mountainous area. As I'm coming through, I'm kind of like you know looking off and just kind of like in awe of the stuff that I'm seeing because I'm seeing it for the first time, right? Because uh, the going back, I'm divided from where I would would be going towards. So I'm seeing completely different things on this side on the trip back than I would see coming to Canada. Yeah, the the, the highway up there kind of splits, and uh... yeah, it it does, it does. So I'm seeing some new stuff, and I'm I'm seeing it, you know, very very uh, very freshly for the first time. And uh, I'm cruising through, and um. I look down over the embankment down into this little ravine and there's all this uh, green foliage kind of coming up off the ground, uh, lots of shrubs and uh, other assorted greenery. And I would say most of it kind of like being in the like five or six foot high sort of height. But like what drew, what brought my attention to looking into this area was there's a uh, an oddly colored object like in the middle of this field uh, of, of green. And um, it was a more bright, like almost like a neon green with a little bit of a yellow tinge to it with like also sort of moss-like qualities. And 
I see it and I actually slowed down because uh, I needed to make sure that my eyes weren't playing tricks on me. And this is broad daylight. I'm, I'm looking at this strangely colored object that seems to be not in the right place. You know, at first glance, maybe you might mistaken it or, or just pass it off as like a, you know, a, a, a tree growing in the middle of an area where the tree is a completely different color than everything else. But this wasn't what I saw. What I saw was moving. <laughs> it was working its way through through these trees, uh, through these uh, shrubs and uh, and bushes that are kind of like uh, blanketed the area, and it was moving like it had a trail, a very clear sort of trail behind it as it as it as it had moved through this area, and it wasn't moving very quickly, but it was moving through it, and with what I saw above above. Uh, above this blanket of green, I would say that what I was looking at was probably easily at least six, maybe seven foot tall, maybe taller. I'm just basing that off the way I imagine that the, that the, that the growth on the forest floor had been up to, to you know, right. just, just kind of estimating like what that was, how high that was. But something was very clearly moving, moving its way through, through the screen. So it was like... <laughs> Like this bizarrely colored flash of green moving its way through very natural, through a very natural sea of green, where everything seemed sort of harmonious except for this thing that was sort of cutting through, making this trail red. And it was definitely moving towards a water source, uh, whatever it was that was moving through. So either I saw my first moving tree. <laughs> my first migrating tree that just wanted to get closer to the water or I saw something else. I don't really know what to make of it. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly what, uh, what I expected my first sighting of my own to be like. Right. But like, right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what I saw. You know, I'm not exactly sure what it was that I saw moving through those, was it, through those trees. trees was it shrubs. upright? You know, like on, did it seem like it was on two legs? Yeah. Upright. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you, you have to, you have to, you know, consider that people like we 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 need to make sense of things and, and our minds go into this anthropomorphizing sort of place with everything that's why we see faces in the clouds and so on and so forth and we you know give characteristics to our our pets and you know we have you know, voices we we have in our minds of like what our animals would sound like if they could only speak right and um i i don't know if it was that or if it really was just what i was seeing it looked to me like shoulders and the head, <laughs> you know, covered covered in like a like 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 almost like it almost looked like a like a like a like a very very organic looking ghillie suit, but like on a really big person, right? So that's what and I was going to ask next. Through. Somebody's going to say it was a ghillie suit. You know what I mean? Well, then if it was if it was someone wearing a ghillie, I I have no idea why someone would be wearing a ghillie suit trekking their way through that area. That it's, it's the middle of nowhere. And there's nothing. There's rather, nothing there. Rather warm as well. Well, extremely warm, and and also um, you know there were some storms happening as well. I don't think that's what I was seeing. I really don't, unless there's a basketball player sized person who was just happened to have been in that specific spot walking around in a ghillie suit for me to see like that just seems right i don't know i, I don't know it's just I, I my instincts my instincts on what i saw were are, are you know not that i saw 
a person in a ghillie suit. Sure. Um, I say ghillie suit because it looked like it, you know, it was, it was a greenish, it was a green color, but it wasn't like any kind of green that I've ever seen in a ghillie suit. Ghillie suits generally have more of a forest colors. This was something much more like uh, akin to like different mosses and almost like leaves that had been like fallen from the trees. So they were starting to, there's lots of like yellows <laughs> mixed, mixed into this, like, uh, you know, uh, neon greens and yellows. Yeah, so like much brighter than than a ghillie suit would be. Much, much, much brighter. But it looked like I was watching a moving, like it was like a, it was a, ma- it was a mass. It was like a a very solid form moving through, moving through this uh, through this foliage. My next question was going to be, did it look solid? Because you know, I'm sure you've heard people report that like that predator looking thing, you know, or or something, you know, looking like the predator kind of half invisible you know, distorting things as it's walking. No, no, this was, this was definitely there. I don't, I don't feel that there was really any kind of like light manipulation or, you know, it wasn't one of those things where it was an impossible color that just sort of, you know, like, you know, I've heard people talk about this impossibly black that sort of the light, the light reflects or doesn't reflect off of it in a weird way. I've heard, I've heard those things too. And, that's not what I saw. Like when I saw uh, at first glance, it looked like a really thick, heavy bush that didn't belong in this area. But like the bush was was moving; it was mobile, moving through this other uh, other bit of growth. Very, very strange just to look down there and see that. This is an area where the the speed limit is like seventy miles an hour. You know what I mean? In this in this particular area, uh, there's nowhere for people to pull off and do anything. I mean, it's you know, there's no police out there. That's why the speed limit's so high, because it's like, you know, you might as well make the speed limit decide because of what people are going to do. You know, it's it's just you know, it's in a, almost like a weird gray area, right? Kind of like right before you come back to reality, <laughs> right? Before you come back to humanity. So to think that there have been somebody just happened to have been walking around down there. I don't know how that would be how likely that would be. I'm not saying that it's impossible that it could have uh, been a person. I'm saying that it seems very unlikely right. that it could be a, a person walking around down there. My question would be like, how did they get there? What vehicle, you know, did they, did they take? I mean, to the best of my knowledge, this, this main, this main road that cuts through this mountainous area is pretty much your, one way through right <laughs> like everything kind of comes off of this road right uh, unless i just had people living in the woods you know then that would be something very different but yeah it gave me chills i mean i i, <laughs> I saw it and i just recognized that it was not something that should be there it didn't seem like it should be there and then once i realized that it was moving slowly away from me and i'm looking at what i, I want to say that i was looking at the back of something right uh, it definitely felt like I was looking at like the the back of a back of a head and some shoulders that just happened to have been covered in this like little carpet of green and uh, green and yellows, um, but they weren't the green and yellows of of what was growing in that spot. It was completely you know different stuff that I was looking at. But it and it wasn't just one thing. It was like it was like several different sort of items it looked like kind of collected together in, into this mass. But isn't it interesting, though, with Christopher having described, you know, that whatever entity he saw 
turning around yeah. and just blending in. You know, it, it just turned around and blended in. As soon as you told me that, I was like, whoa, how weird is it? I mean, so, you know, maybe not the same thing. Probably not the same thing. Who knows? But so similar, but, like where I'm actually I'm actually editing his episode together and you call me and tell me this. I'm like, what? <laughs> and uh, you, you, yeah. you you hadn't heard the interview at that point. You, you know, it was just like no. a, out of nowhere. It was. Nope. No, no, this was just, uh, you know, me, uh, I needed to catch up with you and let you know, uh, that I did, that I did, uh, I did finally see something weird on my way, uh, <laughs> during the journey. It's a, you know, it's a six, six and a half hour drive through upstate Pennsylvania and, um, rural upstate New York, you know, all the way to Buffalo. So I always, you know, was all, I would always joke with people that like, it's only a matter of time before I see something weird. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Yeah, I got. I had my first my first taste of weird. So, um, about like how long total did you did you see this whatever it was? Um, well, the color the color of this uh, <laughs> of whatever whatever it was I was looking at is what drew my attention down into the area because it was very bright, and uh, that's what drew drew my attention. And as I looked down, I kind of you know I naturally sort of slowed down. I didn't have anybody else uh, riding on me or anything like that while I was making my seventy mile an hour, maybe maybe faster way through there. And I slowed down enough so I could get a good look at try to get a better look at what it was that caught my attention in the first place. Uh, I slowed down to you know, I probably slowed down to about sixty fifty miles an hour. And, you know, I was able to look at it for quite a bit because it was you know, pretty open uh, along the side of the road dropping down into that area. And it was very easy to keep focused on the on the shape as it was moving because of it being such a distinctly different color than everything else that was around it. Mm-hmm. So I would say maybe a good 10, 15 seconds probably of, of solid being able to see it very very clearly and, and see what was going on around it before like you know it, you know i would have had to have my head completely turned backwards right right and uh to be clear this is a one side of a divided you know highway it's not like you could just turn around and go back and yeah and look at it exactly there there really isn't a way to do that there not yeah. that spot right? about how far away yeah. was it from the roadside or, or from from the car oh jeez. I don't know, maybe forty, maybe forty yards. Okay, so pretty close, really. It, it wasn't. It wasn't very far away from me at all. You know, I could have hopped out of the car and jumped down. Through, probably broke my legs jumping down off, <laughs> jumping down the ravine to try to get to it. But like, it wasn't. It wasn't very far. Maybe forty, fifty yards straight out, but like at a drop. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what I was looking at, I was looking down on it while it was moving. Right. Um, it was. It wasn't on level with me at all. Everything was like kind of down over that embankment, and then it kind of flattened out and it moved towards that, towards that stream of water. And I don't know if that stream of water is always there or not. We've had a lot of rain here in Pennsylvania over the last couple of weeks. Oh and yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of water collecting in places that it normally doesn't. So. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if that water would even be there for me to be to to see it to be able to tell you that this was the spot. Right. Um, again. It was definitely, it was definitely bizarre. Like I kind of like, it was like as I was like driving away from it that it kind of like really dawned on me that I just saw something really bizarre, right? Like while I'm looking at it, it's just like, what am I, 
what is that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, well, what, that's... what 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 am I seeing? And then as I got up the road of like a couple miles, I'm still thinking about it and like trying to like I guess like make sense of what it was that I just saw happening. But it, it was no doubt of moving. There was a distinct path through the foliage that it made while it was moving. Um, it didn't seem like it was moving very quickly. It seemed like it was moving very slowly towards the water. So, yeah, I don't know what I saw. I don't know if there are stories. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually interested, uh, have planned uh, for my next afternoon off to do a little research and see if there's any stories from the area. I'd be interested to hear if there's any Grassman sort of sightings, right? Right. Well, that's that's what I was going to... There's a couple what they call Green Man things, like entities in Pennsylvania. And one of them was just a dude. I don't, I forget why they called him the Green Man. I think he wore a green shirt or something. What's the, really interesting about that is, you know, it, it kind of... Uh, ties in with something that my 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 father had told me about when I was when I was a kid about a about a green thing that he had seen. Yeah, I was you know. I was about to get to that. Like we get here and there, we get these reports of yeah. green hairy things, <laughs> which is yeah. And like you know what I, what I wonder about that. What I often wondered about that was like, you know, are we are we talking about something that has hair and it has like you know. Like the way that sloths like grow, you know, they have little ecosystems yeah. on them, right? They have algae and and moss and and, and such such things, sort of uh, you know, lichen growing on them, right? So I'm, I'm, I wonder about that. But like what I saw, you know, yes, it did have some deeper green elements to it, but for the most part, it was very, very, you know, light green and uh, light yellow green. It just really stuck out against the backdrop of like the the more normal green sort of colors that you'd expect to see with uh, trees and shrubs and stuff at this time of the year right the yellow that i saw seemed more akin to you know where the leaves will be probably within the next couple of weeks like starting to sort of yellow out like i've seen a few a few of those already where the where leaves have started to already kind of go from that green to that green yellow color. Yeah, they they don't have that, the, uh, that, that deep emerald green of, of early summer. They they start to uh, kind of exactly. lose that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and this mass that was moving definitely did not have that deep emerald color at all. Uh, it definitely had more of a a lighter, more fall yellow green color to it. For sure, yeah. I have no idea what it was I was looking at, but you know, while I was driving back, I was just like thinking, like, I wonder if there are like any stories of grassmen in this area. I wonder what kind of stuff people in this area have seen, if anybody's reported anything like this before. So it's definitely something I want to. Well, we'll have to dig in, and then if hey, maybe we'll start getting stories about people seeing uh, green men and tree people. Well, yeah. I would love to hear some stories about that, especially seeing as, you know, my father had, had seen something here in Pennsylvania when he was younger. That sounds kind of like it's in the same realm as, as what I experienced and, and, and what our what our guest was kind of talking about, right? Like, it feels like it also ties together and, and lends itself to that story, right? Like, it's, it's weird that... It's weird. It's weird how this stuff works. You know, you, you, you have an experience or... Or you know you you raise you raise a question and then like somewhere within within this world of of interesting conversation and topic 
it's like something gets thrown back at you and you're like, wait a second. That's kind of weird that that just came up. You know? yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That happens so you know, much. It's like, well, what did you, what did you say? What was that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. Or, or even just stumbling across something in a book. It's like, well, wait a minute. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully, hopefully people will contact us with similar, you know, we got, 30 some accounts of flannel man maybe more at this point um yeah coming in so maybe uh maybe we'll get some green man reports or some tree people or we don't know what we're calling this but uh wh- whatever it is yeah. maybe we'll get some more accounts of it because that's well, i would definitely i would definitely be curious to hear if there's anything from that area from that like uh upstate pennsylvania upstate new york area people who experienced things such as what i experienced right right or yeah yeah absolutely and uh again you know throwing it out there i generally uh cross uh cross up uh into canada at least once a month if anybody would like to meet up at some point while i'm while i'm making my journey and sit down and and go on the record and have a talk uh, or or not go on the record and have a talk you know i would i would definitely be interested in, in uh and meeting up and uh, and having those conversations, uh, so long as it doesn't blow me too far off course, right from where I'm from 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 where I'm heading. So. Yeah. Also, if they um, want to uh, take you any place to show you anything, like haunted spots yeah. or areas of interest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do this like at least once a month. So, yeah, I would I would definitely be I would definitely be interested in meeting up, especially if you know it's like if it's people who are listening to the show and stuff. It'd be really cool. Also, awesome. um, meet meet some of you and. Uh, your your green people stories, your jolly green giant stories. Right on, for sure. <laughs> I don't know what else to. I don't even know what else to akin it to. It's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I don't want to say that it was that it was Bigfoot or anything like that. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to cry Bigfoot, right? But like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> if it's something completely different or. Or if it's in that, if it's in that sort of faction, so to speak, like, I, I don't know. Right. Well, I, so, like I said, we definitely oh. get reports of green, hairy things that that we assume are Bigfoot, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Because, because the other, you know, but for the green hair, it seems like uh, people are talking about Bigfoot. But who knows? Mm. It's it's a we'll call it the Green Man for now, and and hope we get some more reports. Yeah. All right, James. For sure. We'll talk to you yeah. again soon. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more, darkhollerarts.com. If you're on Facebook, check out the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. You can like Strange Familiars page, but we also have the Strange Familiars Gathering Group, which you can join and share articles and pictures and anything. It's, it's a pretty fun group, and it's growing every day. So that's Strange Familiars Gathering on Facebook. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath, stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more.
lights are drifting See the lights are floating on See the lights are changing Right before our eyes Subtle glow, a stranger sight 
lantern of the greening light. See the lights are drifting. See the lights are floating on. See the lights are changing right before our eyes. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.